Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Brett, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Good. Good morning, guys. So, did you like the four? Did the committee get it right with Alabama over Ohio State? Yes and no. I thought they got it right, but I, based on what they supposedly value more, they I think they would have picked Ohio State. And I think last time I talked with you guys, I said I wanted Ohio State to win so they'd have a tough decision. They certainly had a tough decision, but I think if you look at the resumes that Ohio State is the better, better team, has the better resume, but then people obviously – look a lot more into that and say they just think Alabama's the better team. So, again, it's it's a beauty pageant. Um, the one thing that I I think uh, is misleading is people think, well, we now we've figured out what the committee values, and so going forward we can now you know have a better idea. I, I disagree a thousand percent on that because, again, it's, it's going to be a different 13 people every year. They rotate, rotate committee members in and out every year. So it's, it's going to be different every year. So next year, uh, it may be four conference champs, uh, you know, teams with multiple losses. But, um, you know, it, it's going to make for, for a great playoff. And, uh, you know, Alabama and Clemson, here we go. People thought we'd see them in the, in the title game for a, third, or for a third consecutive year they'd meet. But uh, we get them in the semifinals this time. But now, Brett, sounds like you're like me, uh, conflicted by the committee from year to year because they tell you conference championships matter when in terms of TCU and Baylor back during the first year of the college football playoff. Last year, of course, with Ohio State not winning the division nor the conference championship, they get in. So conference championships didn't matter, even though the conference champion with two losses defeated them. And here this year, uh, they, they show us again that uh, they don't matter. So I, I value conference championships sounds as though you do as well and there are many of us out there but from year to year the rationale by these committees are going to change would you agree with that you're absolutely right and if if i'm a big 12 why didn't i get why do we add a conference championship game if you're not going to value thank you thank you yeah i mean what basically everyone says well we don't need an 18 playoff because the conference championship games are play-in games well no they're not because if they are ohio state would have got in and look, I, yeah, there's not a right or wrong answer. It's basically your opinion on who you think is better. And I don't want to hear, well, Vegas would favor Alabama over this team or that team. Well, they were favored against Auburn and they lost. So you can't go strictly by point spread. I think you need to reward teams for what they've accomplished on the field. I understand Ohio State had a horrible loss to Iowa. However, on the flip side, Ohio State has three wins against teams in the playoff committee's final 16 rankings, top 16. Alabama, Alabama has zero. They have two wins over teams ranked between 17 and 25. So Ohio State has better wins, more quality wins. They had a bad loss, and they have a conference championship. What they've told us in the past, they would have gone with Ohio State. Again, do the blind resume. <clears throat> but you're right, Brian. If I'm a conference 
I don't think they're going to pull back on these conference championships because, what specifically the SEC and Big Ten, they're such a moneymaker. But what it's told us is there's not as much value in it as we thought. And if I'm the, if I'm the Big 12, I'm wondering why in the world did we do this because we already play everybody in the regular season. Gio and Jones with Brett McMurphy across the country on CBS Sports Radio. Do you believe that if Ohio State had scheduled an FCS team over Oklahoma this year, won that game, and was a one-loss Big Ten champ that they would have gotten in over Alabama? I I don't think so. I think really what hurt them was the one loss to Iowa, that it was so lopsided that people just couldn't, on the committee, couldn't accept putting a team in with the loss that bad. I would say, if on the flip side, keep the OU loss. If they lose to Iowa by a field goal or a touchdown, in a kind of similar fashion to how they lost to Penn State last year, I think they would have had a much, much better chance of getting in than just playing an FCS team um, instead of Oklahoma. However, to your point, I would say if USC would have played a tomato can instead of losing to Notre Dame, I think USC could have had a very good shot of getting in, but they had a big loss to Notre Dame. Um, you know, they played one of the toughest schedules around. They only team in the country that didn't have an off week. Then I think we would have been talking about USC, but USC was dismissed. And and back to Brian's point, because we the conference championships aren't valued, it's almost like teams are now eliminated from the playoffs before we get to the last month of the season. Basically, the Pac-12 was eliminated before we got to, to November because of the, the regular season losses. And there we deemed the conference championship uh, insignificant, and certainly it, it didn't uh, didn't mean a great deal for the Big Ten either. Hey, Brett, you see all this huge uh, uh, outlay, outlays of cash. I mean, it, it is amazing the, the amount of money that is being spent around college football these days. Would you say the reason for that is because of the advent of the college football playoff, or was it going to be heading down this road anyway? No, I think I think I think that's added to it. Uh, you know, I think what's what's going to be fascinating to look uh, a few years down the road is all of the TV deals with the conferences are basically locked in for the next anywhere from five to ten to twenty years, um, and so basically that revenue is not going to change. It's not going to increase, but the coaching salaries continue to climb, and hey, more power to them. Um, but those, the coaching salaries are going to continue to climb. The buyouts will continue to climb. And so to, to add additional revenue, there are no additional revenue, revenue streams. You can only increase ticket prices so much. Um, some stadiums are actually scaling back on tickets, adding club levels, those sort of things. Um, so I think ultimately because of those reasons, I think that, that could get us to an 18 playoff a lot quicker than any whether a team or a conference gets left out because when the ultimately ultimately when the university presidents decide tell their athletic directors hey we need more revenue to pay for you know these things that we've been adding and they tell them look we're tapped out on tv we can't go anymore with ticket prices and our fan base you can always go get donations a fix would be adding an additional round of the playoffs Maybe at that point, then they decide, hey, you know what, let's let's get rid of these conference championships. 
All right, so let's go to you being in the news for a little bit as you break the Scott Frost to Nebraska story. And then on the broadcast of the AAC championship game, Steve Levy refers to you as our own Brett McMurphy. Of course, you're no longer with ESPN, ABC, and that family of networks. You acknowledged it on Twitter. Um, from your perspective, when that went down, how'd you feel? Well, I thought I thought I was our own with you guys, but um, anyway, <laughs> you know, I was I was watching the game. I you know I had reported the news, and you know, it's I'm kind of in a weird situation now, that not with the ESPN. So when I break news, I'm curious how they're going to give credit. Um, you know, sometimes they they I think they do it accurately, and other times I kind of disagree. But you know, that's it's that's their that's their business. But basically I was watching the game and he started talking about, you know, there's reports about Scott Frost going to Nebraska. And then when he said our own Brett McMurphy, I literally just started laughing. I thought it was so funny. And, and, and all of a sudden my phone blew up. I had ESPN uh, employees texting me saying, Hey, I didn't hear. Did you come back? Are you back? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um, but, and I, obviously a lot of, uh, friends and and people across the country reached out which was cool um and then uh, i thought the the next day it was pretty neat steve levy tweeted out uh in case you missed it yesterday i think brett mcmurphy did an excellent job reporting and uh (laughs) john butchagrass who's awesome one of the sports center anchors uh replied and said hours forever so um so it it was kind of it was kind of it was kind of neat, but I, I obviously uh, didn't expect anything like that. But, um, but yeah, the pe- the people there are unbelievable, and I love it. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I appreciate them giving me credit. And, and uh, next time I, I see Steve, I'll, I'll thank him in person. <laughs> <laughs> Can't keep up with all the moving going on around there. Hey, how serious were the Razorbacks? As far as Gus Malzahn was concerned, I didn't think he would leave, but he damn sure did leverage the fact that uh, there was reports that Arkansas was a calling. No, bro, he was. I think he was very serious because you look at the situation at Auburn. Remember last year, that game against LSU. If that game's you know sixty minutes and one second long, LSU yep. beats Auburn and Gus Malzahn, <clears throat> excuse me, gets fired instead of Les Miles. And so I think because of the the fickleness of the of the program there, where basically you go you go from you know safe to on the hot seat, literally game by game at Auburn, sometimes sometimes possession by possession. I think that wore on him, and then also you had the fact that Jay Jacobs, the longtime AD there, is not returning. He's a he's a big supporter of of Gus Malzahn, and I know him and Gus you know have a, have a great relationship. The uncertainty of who's going to be the next AD. I think that played into it, and no, there was a. I think there was a very real possibility he would go, and certainly um, Auburn had to step up to save him. And you know, seven years, forty-nine million. We were talking about these salaries. Geez, here we go again. Him and Jimbo, um, you know. But uh, no, it, it was a real possibility. If Auburn wouldn't have stepped up like they did, I, I fully believe Gus would been, would have been at uh, at Arkansas. Geo and Jones with Brett McMurphy on CBS Sports Radio. What do you make of the Herm Edwards hire at Arizona State? I've known Herm. Uh, I first met him when I got the ESPN five years ago. 
he didn't know me from Adam, and he is the most unbelievable person in the world. I absolutely love him. Uh, he treated me like he had known me for his entire life. He was always awesome. I hope he succeeds. I really, really do. The, the one thing I don't know, and we're going to find out, is he hasn't been involved in the college game for so long. How will that translate? I don't know if you guys saw the the release Arizona yeah. State put out last night. That was kind of bizarre. Biz- yeah, perfect. Perfect <laughs> word. Bizarre. I mean, you, you're going to model it after an NFL program. I tweeted, I hope Arizona State stays under the salary cap. Um, I know of a, a good, uh, you know, somebody that's that's pretty influ- influential at Arizona State, and I, I text him and I said, Ray Anderson is either going to be viewed in a couple of years as a brilliant innovator or a laughingstock. There's going to be no no middle ground, and we'll have to see how this plays out. Who knows? You know, the salaries are already NFL-like. The players, it's getting, the game's getting more and more like the NFL. Coaches are leaving in the middle of the season before coaching their final game. Um, You know, so we'll we'll see how this works. It's going to be fascinating, and certainly, again, it's 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 going to be hit or miss. There's not going to be any. Yeah, you know, this is okay. It's going to be a a great success, or it's going to be a huge crash and burn. Well, Brett, I've, I, I said earlier that we already have this similar setup at other schools, and, and Alabama started it uh, with all the analysts they have on board. Essentially, they have their own player personnel department. It allows them to uh, allocate a ton more hours to recruiting and evaluating players. So what is Ray Anderson offering here? I don't think it's anything new. It made it sound like almost that Herm wouldn't be involved in the coaching, though. That's kind of what mm-hmm. – kind of the take I took on. Obviously, Saban's involved in the, in the coaching, coaching the defensive backs, and he is a CEO type. But, you know, again, it seems, and I agree, but it seems like Saban's more involved in the day-to-day coaching. Again, we, we don't know how Arizona State's going to be set up, but the, just I guess the way I interpreted it, it was almost like, you know, Herm would be there to kind of just look over and manage the program and everyone else would would get down in the weeds and 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 do all the do all the heavy lifting. Maybe I'm totally misreading the release. Um, and I also wonder, you know, how how will Herm be on the road recruiting? I mean, that's a tough job. I know, you know, his family lives in Carmel, California, one of the most beautiful places in the in the world. If if you've never been there, and so I was I was actually shocked that he returned because. All the conversations we had at ESPN, I, I approached him about several jobs that I had heard that had interest in him. He, you know, I'm not going to name the schools, but he confirmed, yeah, he's heard from, he had heard, heard from those people in the past. But he's like, he's like, hey, I get a great job here. Um, you know, I'm I'm good to go here. So I, I don't know what changed. I know him and Ray are really really tight. Uh, so I don't know what changed. Where all of a sudden he said, you know, at this point I want to get back in the game. Because certainly somebody like Herm, I just I just cannot imagine he has any interest in flying around the country trying to influence seventeen and eighteen year olds to to come to Arizona State. Is there a hire that Tennessee can make after everything that's gone down that's going to make this situation a little bit better than it has been over the last week or so? Well, I think the only hire that Tennessee fan base will accept at this point is T. Martin, the USC offense coordinator. Um, you know, with Fulmer being there, I think that that helps, you know, calm the masses. But, you know, I don't know. 
one, I don't know who you're going to get that's not from Tennessee. I, there was a report that, that Fulmer has, has contacted Les Miles. Um, you know, we'll have to see if, if that has any legs. But other than that, I don't think there's anybody that's currently coaching that would have interest in that job just because of how crazy that fan base is and how, how they reacted to the Greg Schiano, um, you know, hiring or almost hiring. And then what happened with, with John Curry as the athletic director, um, you know, I think it's going to take somebody who ha- is from Tennessee to, to come to that school because I don't think, quite frankly, anyone else that has options or is currently employed is going to want to make that make that jump. Because what happens if you, after they re- the way they reacted about Shiano, what happens you lose two or three games in a row? What's what's the climate going to be around there? So I think ultimately they they go with T. Martin. Will he be a success? I, I don't know. He's never been a head coach. It doesn't mean he can't be successful. Um, but, you know, be careful what you wish for, Vols fans. America's own Brett McMurphy. Thanks for the time this morning. <laughs> hey, I may trademark that. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> All right. Here he goes. Brett McMurphy on Geo and Jones. Well, there you go, Brian. I've turned your morning around. One of the best college football insiders there is saying T. Martin's going to get the job. Yeah, we'll see. I doubt that. And uh, we need to stop with all this. Never been head coach. A lot of guys haven't been head coach. And the natural progression has been, at least previously, you're a, you're a coordinator and then you move on to becoming a, a head coach. Dabo Sweeney had never been a head coach. Bob Stoops has never been a, had never been a head coach. Dan Mullins had never been a head coach. You can keep you, you saying that over and over about a ton of these guys who had never been head coaches. Tom Herman had never been a head coach. Uh, I mean, so it, it, he went from coordinator to head coach at Houston, and now, of course, he's at, at Texas. So uh, enough of that. Never been a head coach. Jimbo Fisher, before he got the range there at Florida State, had he been a head coach? Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Go down the line, man. So they need to come up with a new talking point as far as never being a head coach. Coming up next are the Eagles frauds. We'll talk about it right here. Greg Giannotti, Brian Jones on CBS Sports Radio. So I'd totally forgotten when I pulled in on Friday into my garage that I'd left my car on, like, just no gas. You know, Mm -hmm. the amount of driving that I do, when I get back to the house on Friday, I'm done. Like, I didn't even think about it. Pulled in there. I said, you know, I'll deal with this at some point over the weekend, whatever. I'll just fill it up with gas. But if I don't, I try not to use my car in a week because I drive it so much during the week. So I get in the car this morning and, and I'm reminded of the fact that I was like on fumes coming home on Friday. And it says range 10 miles. Mm. So I'm like, oh, and mind you, it's 345 in the morning. So I said, all right, I can't make it to the gas station that I know is open. Right. So I'm going to try this one gas station that's closer to me. I go there and closed, of course. So I'm like, all right, I know another one. So I go there closed. So I'm sitting now at range five miles. I Google how far it is to the gas station that I usually go to, 11 miles. <laughs> so I said, do I put on my economy button here, cross my fingers, and go to that gas station? Do I do it? And I said, no, I'm not going to do it. So I drove home, which was two miles, and I swapped it out for my wife's car and took her car in this morning. Because it had gas in it. so. Uh-huh. Uh, but I almost, that would have been, if I would have, I thought to myself, all right, if you risk this and it doesn't work out, 
How the hell are you getting yourself out of that situation, right? <laughs> Four o'clock in the morning, no one's up. I'm in the middle of nowhere. No gas in the car. Would have never made it in. You you could have called an Uber from where you were. Oh, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But how long would that have? I mean, where, where I am, there's not Ubers aren't around like overnight. They'd have I to wake you. up an Uber driver <laughs> to get them to me. So... Yeah, I was just such an idiot. Don't, when you're like scrambling around doing that, that is not. It's idiotic. idiot. That happens all the time. You forget you that you need to stop uh, and get gas. Stupid. You don't use a card on the weekend. Hey, stupid. That's, that's that's understandable. When you're rushing around like that in the middle of the night, and you're like, oh my, what am I doing? Mm. It's on Monday. What a terrible start. You probably would have made it though, because usually it's beyond the time it says on the. Yeah, screen. I know. And that's a guess. Yeah. You know, I had an issue though with the the boat this summer where I would. It was on zero for a long time. It was on empty for a long time. And I had ridden on empty, and I said, I want to see how far I can go. And I tried to I tried to make a trip, and it didn't work out. I had to wait for Cito to come with 10 Ooh. gallons to put in. So I was like, that was in the back of my mind, too. It's like the last time you tried this, it didn't work out. Right. So, now, next month, will you have somebody filling up your tank for you, or are you getting helicoptered here in the mornings? How is that working? Um, we're still working out those details. <laughs> Me and Mikey B will go down. Go to bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. The helicopter clause didn't work out all that well in the first negotiation. So, uh, how about me and Mike countering Brian's two agents? Right, I'm, I'm actually going to be riding a, a thoroughbred <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah, it's gonna. That's where a thoroughbred. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> it's where American Pharaoh. I will be riding every day to work. <laughs> Gonna, Good job, Andrew and Mike. Yeah, right. Exactly. Those two guys. Imagine sending the two of you in to negotiate a contract. For anything. <laughs> wait, wait. Where, where, where do I sign? Okay, you win. <laughs> Your client wins. Let's just get this over with. Just get out of my room. That's not a bad idea. Like, have, like, a real wacky, annoying agent that you don't, people don't want to deal with. It just gives you whatever you want. Like, fine. I just don't want to just want to stop talking to you. So you Mikey B would be like the uh, the attorney and my cousin Vinny. Remember the one who said, "I get nervous when he's oh, in front the, of a the real stuttering, yeah, the yeah, stuttering guy. Yeah, he was unbelievable. Ah, <laughs> uh, anything? Hey, they won did? the case, <laughs> <laughs> not because of him. Well, <laughs> gathered the information. Anything on yeah, McAdoo? Movie reference that transcends race. Yeah, I'd say so. That yes, movie. It does. Yeah. Even though I think the only black person in there was that blind woman. Yeah. What was, was her a, name? I don't remember, but she had the big, thick glasses. Yeah. I yep. think I need another pair of glasses. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Very good. Mrs. Whomever and only Mrs. Whomever. Yep. Well, let's see. Nothing on McAdoo yet. No. So. <laughs> has the fog cleared? It, ha- it has. The fog is lifted. So, <laughs> I want to know what else Mike has seen signs of. <laughs> Now that this is one of the signs. Oh, is there no, anything, anything anything else out there that you've seen signs of that have worked out or not worked out? Probably not worked out okay. for what I've um, I've seen. But I have a good <laughs> feeling about this one. Uh, I saw the sign. It opened Don't. up my eyes. No, oh. shut up. Oh, gosh. Now, are you a Giants fan? Are you in <sighs> hopes that this is uh, uh, the last day for McAdoo? Great question, Brian. Yes. <laughs> I'm done with him. Let's move on. Wow. All right. Well, uh, if there's anything you can remember that you saw a sign of recently that either worked out or didn't work out, let me know. Because I want to see how deep this weirdness is of you. 
Now with the with the with the Vatican, it, it's the uh, it's, it's the smoke, right? Is the black smoke? Well, that's, that's the right. white smoke is the is the we hired pope. somebody. Yeah. The black smoke is come back tomorrow. Right. So it's for the new pope. <laughs> yeah. Now, of course it is. Come right. back tomorrow if it's the black. Smoke. Greg, when you told me about this off the air, I thought Mike's theory, which would have made slightly more sense, was that that McAdoo hadn't been fired yet because the fog was preventing people from getting to work. <laughs> To fire him. Right. I didn't think the fog was like a sign from a heavier, like an upper being. Right. That doom was coming to Giants yeah, headquarters. Who is, right, who is the person and or thing that put the fog over MetLife to let people know that impending doom was That's coming? That's the thing we don't know, which is what makes the mystery so incredible. <laughs> You're not one of those guys that sees, like, the Virgin Mary in a piece of toast, are you? <laughs> I am. But not, not her, but... What do you uh, see? Kay Adams? I like to find shapes <laughs> Is that what you see in the toast? All right. Well, thanks, Greg. Uh, the NFC East could have been one Get last night in Seattle. But the Seahawks cooled off the Eagles. Takes a snap. He wants to throw the ball. He looks. He's going to lay it up top. Making the catch for the touchdown. Tyler Lockett. Touchdown, Seahawks! Steve Rabel, Seahawks Radio, second of three touchdown passes from Russell Wilson. It came after Eagles QB Carson Wentz fumbled into the end zone instead of scoring the tying touchdown early in the third quarter. His team had won nine straight and had scored at least 30 and five straight before losing 24-10 last night. Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll again impressed by his QB. In the first play of the game on, he was on it. He, he created. Uh, his execution was excellent. We didn't turn the football over. Uh, working the clock, using the tempo, um, decisions, checks the whole night, and the big plays were just coming out everywhere. Might want to get that checked. The victory <laughs> moves the Seahawks up to fifth in the <laughs> NFC. The Saints alone in first in the NFC South. If they're down in the Panthers, 31-21. Minnesota, 14-9 win in Atlanta. The Titans got by the Texans 24-13. The Broncos skid hit 8-35-9 in Miami, while the Pats won their eighth straight 23-3 over the Bills. And our good friend Ben McAdoo managed to coach his Giants to a 24-17 loss in Oakland yesterday, despite a report he could be fired shortly after the final whistle. Maybe for uh, weak-minded individuals, maybe a distraction, but I had a job oh, to do. Excuse us. Jeez. I mean, that's a little condescending for a guy who's been kicked in the teeth all year, huh? And they lost. <laughs> Weak-minded individuals. You know, I one thing I feel bad for with him is forever, if he gets fired at the end of this year, before the year ends, forever he will be a punchline yes. in New York. And that's not fair to anybody, but that's just the way it kind of works, is the fact that people will use his name as a reference for ineptitude for at least... 50 years or more, just like they do with Rich Kotite. It's like they do with others. Ray Hanley. Ray Hanley, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, this is what they do. So he's going to be the, the next in line for that for sure. Eli Manning, by the way, said post game he expects to play next season after dad Archie hinted at retirement over the weekend. <laughs> Arizona State officially hiring former Jets and Chiefs head coach Herm Edwards for the same position. Edwards has been off the sidelines since 2008. Reportedly a fresh seven-year, $49 million deal for Gus Malzahn at Auburn after Arkansas made some advances. As you know by now, the college football playoff selection committee left Clemson, Oklahoma, Georgia, and Alabama standing after the regular season. The Tigers and Tide 
will play in New Orleans on New Year's Day after the Sooners and Bulldogs meet at the Rose Bowl. Instead of announcing his favorites, Shohei Otani is lopping off suitors. His cam told a number of teams, including the Red Sox, Yankees, Blue Jays, Twins, Pirates, and Mets, that they were no longer under consideration last night. The Mariners, Giants, and Dodgers among the reported teams still alive. Giancarlo Stanton can choose the Cardinals or Giants or neither. The Marlins had to have trades in place with both of those clubs. Now it's up to Stanton to wave his no-trade clause and 36 points from James Harden, six assists from Chris Paul as the Rockets won their seventh straight all by at least 14 points, 118-95 at the Lakers. Boys? All right, thanks, Bogus. So I, I don't feel that much differently about the Eagles this morning. I'm going to try to not panic about that. And Eagles fans, I'm sure, are a little bit worried because they really have played nobody. I mean, prior to last night, their schedule was one of the easiest in football. And one of the teams that they had played that people were excited about at one point have completely fallen apart in the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, But I still think that the way this team is built, Carson Wentz, the way he's looked this year, uh, that they're still one of the best teams in football. You know, still, if not the best team uh, in the NFC. But if you want to, the, the Eagles gave you a reason last night to poke holes in them for the first time all year, especially when you look at the teams that they've played and the teams they've beat up on, and then finally they run into a competent team on the road and they end up losing that game. Um, I do like the Vikings and what they've been able to do as far as be, you know beating better opponents. Um, but when I look at the Eagles, if I still have to pick one, I still think I'm picking Philadelphia out of those two. Um, but then you got well, the Saints and you got the Falcons and you got the, the you know, everybody else, the Panthers. It's amazing. Well, I, I, I think the Seahawks serve notice that they're not going anywhere. And with all the holes from injuries on that defensive side of the ball, they can still ball. Yeah, Cliff Avril has been out for a while on that D-line. Uh, you've got secondary guys out. Of course, uh, Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor. And, and so they, they serve notice that uh, we're still here. Bobby Wagner uh, said it best. We still have some dogs in this locker room. And they played like that last night. They held... Uh, Philly, the league's number one scoring offense, to 10 points. Uh, they didn't allow them to rush for over 100 yards, and so they, they shut them down on that side of the ball. Uh, but the Eagles are still a team that you're going to have to deal with. So I, I, I would agree. Uh, has my mind changed a ton? You know, maybe a little bit, but you, know, you, you, you had opportunities in the ball game, and you have Wentz who gets stripped uh, trying to score. Uh, and, you know, if not for the turnover, it's a totally different ball game. But uh, Seattle uh, played much better, and it was a close affair going into the, the, the fourth quarter. And, and Russell Wilson, I, I, I just tip my cap to this cat and what he's been able to do with no semblance of a running game. And they open the ball game up with moving him around the pocket, and, and he's so adept at doing that. And, and then the one run, he's halfway down the field, and he pitches it. It's like going back to the old wishbone days. Uh, I mean, he's just been so much fun uh, to watch this season, his entire career, really. And he's doing it once again now. So Seattle uh, still here, and they needed to get that win to stay, you know, just a game behind uh, the Rams, a team they've already defeated, uh, but ahead of them in the standing. So uh, there's going to be some good football down the stretch here, man, because there are a lot of teams in this NFC, as you just uh, mentioned, uh, they're going to going to have to go head to head and see who's really going to be the, the the cream of the crop. The worst team in football right now. I'm not talking about record-wise, obviously, because that would always go to the Browns. But the the team that's playing the worst in football right now is the Denver Broncos. They are a mess of epic proportions, 
and they're almost playing as bad as the Giants were when they had those back-to-back terrible losses. They got blown out at home by the Rams and then went to San Francisco and lost to them. So, I mean, if you want to really rank, and the Giants beat that Broncos team, unbelievably enough, but uh, they Trevor Simeon gets the nod again yesterday, and that's one of, and we've seen some bad quarterback play. That could have been the worst game played. That was up there. That was what could be the worst game played at anybody this entire year. He was so unbelievably bad. They got blown out by the Dolphins. Like that, you got to try to get blown out by the Dolphins. <laughs> and how about Adam Gaster up in that ball game? It was thirty-three to nine, I believe, and he onside kicks. I know. Well, you know I, why? I mean, just he probably had a, the issue with Elway. That's probably what it was. Up yours, John. Yeah, uh, that's <laughs> probably it's, what that it, was. it was. I believe, obviously, personal. Uh, why, why else would you do that? You can't say, well, end of the season near, nearly here, and, and we're working on stuff. No, you're not. That yeah, right. Was... To stick it to John Elway Elro, and the franchise. Stay out. <laughs> yeah. Elro, stay out of Florida. Yeah, that's what Case was saying. We're going to tell Elrose to stay out. Man, do they suck. And that AFC West, wow. I The only team that I feel halfway decent about. They didn't even play all that well yesterday against the Browns, but they still got the win, whatever. It's the Chargers. I mean, that's the only team who feel halfway decent about. I don't care. Yeah, I know the Raiders ended up beating the Giants fine. The Chiefs are just dead in the water. Could they turn that around? Potentially. But isn't it amazing how Alex Smith, people were talking about, you know, time to go to Mahomes, and Smith fell off, went from MVP candidate to a guy who's going to get benched and all this stuff. He goes out there is unbelievable yesterday. Yeah. Incredible. And it's the defense that can't stop a damn thing like a sieve the entire time. And you got Marcus <laughs> Peters, who's now like the the hothead of the week or the month, rather. I mean, this guy going crazy, throwing a flag into the stands, <laughs> thinking he's ejected, coming back with no shoes on. I mean, like, no, no, he had shoes. He didn't have any socks. Uh, that's right. No he socks throw, on. That's what he, I meant to he say. He throwing the gloves away, but he had gloves in hand, and, and he had taken off the socks. He hadn't been kicked out of the ball game uh, like Gronk should have been, and, and then he comes back out with no socks. I mean, that guy is just a hothead, and, and, and we've known this previously that he's a he's a hothead and, and and he ran hot yesterday and and that team is just a mess right from week to week it's the offense it's the defense and it was the defense's turn yesterday to give up the goods and and contribute to another loss i mean anthony lynn was in a whole world of hurt early on in the season we felt bad for the guy because he's losing these close games and they maybe had that like a winless battle against the Giants and he got his first win in that game and and right now they're the favorite to win that division. I mean they're they're better than any team by leaps and bounds in that division to me. They're better than the Raiders and they're certainly better than the way the Chiefs are right now. I mean if if you're picking a team to win that AFC West, it's got to be the Chargers. They're the most talented by a long shot. Yeah, and and uh, you look at Keenan Allen, and and this guy is just playing some great ball record, uh, ten receptions, uh, over a hundred yards, and 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 uh, you know touchdown, three consecutive ball games, something that hadn't occurred in, at the NFL level ever. So uh, he's hot, and and Rivers is hot, and everything they're doing is 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 coming up just beautifully for for a win and and this is a team that's trending in the right direction here down the stretch and we'll see if they can keep it going but they're definitely in the playoff hunt coming up next tiger woods the japanese babe ruth and josh gordon sober it's geo and jones on cbs sports radio 
Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Is Alabama better a football team than Auburn? What's this phone number you sent me here, Mike? You sent me a phone number in this email. Am I supposed to call this phone number? What is this? Hello? I can't hear a thing. Your microphone's not working, of course, naturally. Great. It's in a fog. All right, you want me to say the phone number? I'll just say, no, don't say the phone number. So why'd you send it? You, You sent me an email for Ask the Pros, and you put a phone number on there. I put our guest number in there just in case uh, my phone battery was getting a little low. I wanted to make sure I had it on file. Okay. <laughs> Interesting way to do business, but... That's your producer. <laughs> Love you, Mike. Anyway, um, Big Rig 75. Is Alabama a better football team than Auburn? Sign up to be an O-Rewards member today and start earning instantly. O-Rewards members earn $5 back for every 150 points you earn. It's fast, easy, and free and only on O'Reilly Auto Parts. See store for details. O'Reilly Auto Parts, better parts, better prices every day. Brian, you want to stab at that one? Is Alabama a better football team than Auburn? They weren't when they met a week week ago. Uh, I'm going to say they're on par with each other. No. That's not better, not worse. It's not a cop-out. Not better, not worse. No. I'm going to say yes, they're better. Alabama's better? No, Auburn's better. Sorry. Oh, Auburn's better. Auburn's Uh a better team. There you go. Take that. Okay. No solace in that for the Auburn fan, but there you go. All right, so uh, Tiger finished strong on Sunday, had a rough Saturday. Uh, How do you you feel about the performance (laughs) overall at the uh, Hero (laughs) – the challenge or whatever. Yes. Uh, I feel good about it because the guy's been playing a ton of golf and no worse for wear. I feel great about it. And he, as you mentioned, he had a excellent round yesterday, did bogey the last hole. Uh, but uh, for the most part, he's crushing it, man. So he's getting back in the swing of things, pun intended. And uh, he's going to be fine. Looking forward to seeing more of him. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I can't uh, wait. It is nice to see him, I will admit. I mean, now this, mm-hmm. unfortunately, this bet has put me in a position to root against him. Um, but <laughs> that's just the way it is. Strip uh, house, here we come. Good uh, good celebrations yesterday in the I was, NFL. I, see, you you thinking like me, man. I, I was thinking the same thing. We got to get these celebrations in here because there were some pretty good ones. I, I'm interested to know which ones stood out to you. My favorite was the layup line. I yes. loved the layup line. <laughs> I like that better than the free throws. The layup I, line. Leonard Fournette with the free throws, that was cool. That was good, but I liked yeah. the layup line a little bit better. And then there was the tug-of-war one, too, which was pretty good, too. Did you see the official during the layup line? The, the official was trying to get in there. It was like, wait, hold on, kids. No, no, you can't do that. Yeah. That was so cool. Man. He was about to grab his flag, but I, I think didn't. But, yeah, no, the layup line was just, it was genius. Yeah, Everybody was involved. They're passing the ball. Yeah. It was good. As long as you don't touch and utilize the 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 goalpost, you're fine. So they weren't, you know, ball wasn't bounding off of the goalpost. So uh, there should not have been a penalty. But that that was ingenious, there, man. So we talked a little bit before about Otani and where he wants to go. Looks like it's going to be a West Coast team. Could be the Giants. Could be the Dodgers. Could be the Mariners. Uh, he's ruled out just about everybody else. And he did rule out the Yankees yesterday. So the Yankees uh, will not be getting Otani. But they did get Aaron Boone as their manager. (laughs) So 
On Friday, you found out that was the deal from the booth to the dugout for Aaron Boone. Uh, to me, I, I understand if there was an issue there with Girardi and Cashman and Girardi and the younger players, but I just don't I don't like the hiring of Aaron Boone. I wasn't there for the, the interview process, and maybe he did blow everybody away. Um, but I like the idea of a, a former player who was bilingual as the manager, and I thought mm-hmm. that you had a couple of good options there in Raul Abanez and Carlos Beltran. Now, those were the two guys that I thought would be the best fit for the Yankees. I was never overly impressed with Aaron Boone calling games. Um, so, I mean, this, this this seemed to be more of like, all right, Cashman's on the same page uh, with Boone, so that's all that matters, and that we'll figure out that clubhouse stuff uh, later. Yeah. But uh, and and Beltran Abanez, I feel like they've got had be, you know they have better careers too. Is the like it's like instant respect when they walk in there. So that's the way I felt about it. But who the hell knows? It's a manager right. in baseball. It really doesn't I, I matter. I don't know, you know, what Boone said in, in those uh, those interviews, but uh, whatever he said, it worked. And I, I, I'm with you. Uh, not really. This doesn't really move my needle as a Yankees fan. I was surprised he was the pick, and and we'll see how he can get in there and resonate with these these younger players. And and maybe that's what they wanted—a more youthful um, looking and sounding manager to go in there and 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 be the the ringleader. But uh, We'll see how it works out. But speaking of the Yankees, I was just talking to the guys here in Miami. They said Jeter, he's been getting booed anytime he shows up at the Miami Heat games. Uh, they show him on a jumbotron. He's being booed because, as you might imagine, a new ownership group is going to – they're going to trim the fat, and they've been doing that, firing the play-by-play guy, firing uh, – players, some former players who had been part of the organization in different capacity. And, and of course, uh, Stanton is, is on the trading block, and, and, and we'll see where he lands, either the Giants or the Cardinals. But uh, not a no, no honeymoon thus far for the new ownership group and Derek Jeter. And what's crazy is you could make the case that Alex Rodriguez right now more popular than Derek Jeter. You really mm. could make that case, which is something I never thought I'd that? ever say in my life. Yeah. But this is to be expected, and, and, and you know, there was a longtime scout here who, who has cancer, and, and he was let go, and they're holding that against Jeter. And, yeah, and, I know, heard I that whole back. story. They, like, called yeah. him when he's in the hospital and everything. Oh, it was a weird one. That was that yeah. didn't look good. Yeah, and, and, and you know. Conine and McKeon and everything else. Yeah, Conine, McKeon, Dawson, Andre Dawson, all that what's stuff. The so sec- it, what's the other side of the story of firing the dude with cancer that was in the hospital? This, this, uh, well, I don't know if that was necessarily true. They called him and he was in the hospital. Come on. Maybe he was just here for a treatment. And, and, well, what and makes you think it was wasn't the, true? Did you how just, did they know he wasn't? How did, they, how did they know he was in the hospital? They call a guy. Well, they don't do know little, where he is. Do a little hour research hour. on it. Do a little research on it. Yeah, what's the research? Is, 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 where is this guy? Family he, member? Yeah. Just be, just be like, or somebody who knows him. Somebody must know oh, him how in the organization. How about you call and say, hey, is this a bad time? And if they say <laughs> yes, okay, I'll call you back. I'll call you back and fire you. Just stop it. If this was anybody else, you'd be all over him because it's cheater. I would you're not. defending him. I would not. Is this a bad time to fire you? <laughs> hey, hey man, is this a Brian bad time Jones. to talk? <laughs> hey, Brian Jones from the Marlins, man. You getting that chemo or what? This is a bad time to fire your ass? Like, what are you, nuts? Like, figure out a way to keep him on through this whole thing. He doesn't have any health insurance anymore. What? No. That's what I Can't read. do that. That's what I read. Everybody in the organization will be coming down with an affliction just so you keep him on. (laughs) No, I don't don't believe he's faking his cancer. I didn't say he was. (laughs) All right. (laughs) 
Ryan doesn't need to fake his afflictions. We all know what they are. Thanks yes, to we do, unfortunately. <laughs> Brett McMurphy, everybody does a great job here. Gio and Jones, CBS Sports Radio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.